the player I'm going to get mad at you guys about, just so, you know, steal yourself. Failure. You take it very personally. You shame me, guys. You shame me. Uh-oh. Tell me why I'm wrong. So I'm just going with my heart over my head, because my head is stupid anyway. Prepare for total domination. Oh, that's just dumb, though. I've never been proven more wrong in my life so quickly and so dramatically. Recording Tuesday, January 17th. 2023. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. Whenever Becky finishes editing it, it'll it'll be nice and ready when it's nice and ready because we got a lot to talk about today. It has been a week, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm going to keep Twitter open because Lord only knows what's going to happen while we're actually having this podcast. It is the sixth podcast of the year, as as MJ was was just saying before we launched. The sixth podcast of the year. Yes. It's going to give our listeners <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> hey, Starring same- Freddy Krueger. <laughs> All right. I'm Snap Wilson with Robococo MJ Tolliver. Yes. Your, your sixth potties. We are here to discuss many, many things. So many things we don't even have time really for a trade that happened that, that suddenly just went to the back page, which was the Indiana Fever t- trading Daniel Robinson to the Atlanta Dream for Christy Wallace, which just looks like a bad trade on Atlanta's part. I don't know why they made this deal. I guess they felt that they they needed another point guard that is making a lot of money in age 33 and doesn't shoot very well, which was kind of the problem with, with the last one. In any case, let's move past that because there's too much. Let's kick it off with the Maya Moore this is not so much surprising that the, her decision was what it was. It was just she made it official. She's officially retired from basketball. I urge you all to go look at Maya Moore's Wikipedia page, which is very, very well kept, by the way. Whoever's been contributing to that, they have included a ton of information in there, and it's amazing. But go look. Just go look at the page. And on the right-hand side, scroll down to career highlights and awards and just keep scrolling and just keep scrolling. And you're going to see like 40 bullet points of awards and championships that she has won. Absolutely ridiculous. Just college. Everybody knows two championships in college in her eight years in the WNBA. She had four more championships. She has two Olympic gold medals, two world championship gold medals. She has won EuroLeague. She has won the Chinese Basketball Association three times. She joined UMMC Ekaterina Berg, and of course, they always win. So yeah. And then you go back to high school. Her high school team was 125 and three during her career there. She was on an AAU team, the Georgia Metros. They went 73 and 6 while Maya Moore was on there. Maya Moore just won from beginning to end. She only missed one WNBA game in her career in 2015. I went kind of looking to see why the reason why, why that was, but I wasn't able to figure it out. Just in just a, a litany, her her like her treasure bookcase must be ridiculous. I could give myself an award for every noun that I'm going to say during this podcast, and she probably would outdo me anyway. Incredible, incredible career. She was the first, she was in the first WNBA game that I ever watched, and she was the reason that I chose that game to go to. 
because I was like, oh, Maya Moore, I know who she is and I know that she's won a lot and I know that she's really, really good. I'll go see this one. This will be a good game. And of course, she was great. And I'm happy because that was the only game that I ever got to see her go live before she inevitably decided to stop playing. Of course, it can't be, we can't talk about her with, without talking about the reason that she left basketball and that she decided to pursue a career in activism. I shouldn't even say a career. She's decided to pursue activism. She freed the man that would eventually become her husband, father of her child, Jonathan Irons. And she is focused on American prison reform and also slavery around the world, abolishing slavery around the world. Great, great player. I'd like to hear your thoughts. MJ, I know that you love Maya Moore. So let's hear your thoughts about her. I'm going to just keep it short and sweet because I think you did enough of it. But Maya brought me back to the W at a time where I like, fell off for a second and became my favorite player. I followed her towards the end of her college career. That's when I started. And like pretty much everything you said, she is just a winner on all levels. You know, of course, everybody likes the winners, but she was just different to me. Like she, she was the W's MJ to me before Chelsea Gray just went crazy in this, this recent <laughs> playoff. But yeah, and I did not like really want to miss any of her games. And I just will never forget the finals. Her and the Sparks was yeah. like some of the best. I think I would throw the Aces and Storm in there. Okay. But those games with that team, Oh, yeah. that was some of the greatest basket. That was some of the greatest women's basketball I've ever seen. Some of the greatest basketball period I've ever seen. Like some mm-hmm. NBA matchups don't even, they're not that good looking on paper and then just deliver. So yeah. I would just, I don't know. I, I wanted her to come back. And I, let me plug in that I did watch a lot of her just being in the Olympics and stuff too. I mean, you know, that's really not here or there, but I just feel like she cut it. She cut it short, but she did it for a good cause. And I understand. And and she was successful at that. That's like another accolade. <laughs> you know, like I went to go make sure that somebody was given, you know, their due and, and everything was set straight. And she went and did that. She left the entire game alone. She was pretty mm-hmm. much, to me, the face of the game, the moment. Like, she's like, yeah, well, I'm about to step away. Yeah, she walked the walk, definitely. Yeah, and then when I seen her at the ESPYs, and I was like, oh, she got the, she looking like she pregnant in this mom <laughs> time. I wanted to shed a tear. Because <laughs> I love watching Maya Moore play, but I guess I'm going to have to settle for old YouTube videos and you know, whatever stuff they bring to the forefront. Cause I'm sure at some point they should make something about pretty much the links and, and just her role. If they're, if they're not going to just do, what is it like a documentary or a, what they call them biography. On I would Maya love Moore. a Maya di- documentary. Yeah. So, you know, we'll get that. Now, I'm sure we will. She's, yeah. she's done way too much and yeah, she's just too successful for her to not get one. And I'll just, I'll stop it there. Cause it, it can go on forever. Becky, give us your thoughts. I don't have too much to add. I actually didn't see too much of my more play. My first season back into watching the WNBA after having only watched in the, the late 90s was 2018. So it was her final season. Yep. But I respect so much the, the reasons she decided to step away from the game. As they talked about, just such a brave decision to do that. If you know me in real life, you know, I'm 
really passionate about criminal justice reform issues. You want to hear a real life Robococo rant, you can ask me about it. And so I just think she's just kind of this incredible figure on and off the court, really demonstrates you know, what it means to be an all around role model for those who watch her in her life and in her game. So I'm glad she was able to, you know, retire on her own terms and has this new life set up for her. And it's a worth, you know, she still will be around the community, but it is the end of her legendary WNBA career. I'll, I'll just, as a parting shot here, I will just share my favorite thing when I read through her, her, her Wikipedia entry was so she played for three seasons for the Shanxi. I, I don't know that I'm saying that right, but that's the best I can do. The Shanxi Flame, who play in a city or province of called, despite the language barrier, more is well liked in Shanxi, not solely for her on court dominance, but also for her humility and friendly interactions with fans who called her the Invincible Queen. And for her contributions to the city, she was awarded Honorary Citizen of Taiwan by Taiwan's municipal government. First of all, Invincible Queen is an awesome nickname to have. And just thinking that with the news that there were some little girls picking up a basketball, Shanxi, who heard that the Invincible Queen was retiring from the game. Kind of warms your heart. (laughs) All right, moving on to the big surprise news this week. The Connecticut Sun. Well, they did two trades, but we'll we'll discuss the bigger one first. The Connecticut Sun sent Jonquil Jones, 2021 MVP Jonquil Jones, to the New York Liberty. As the trade goes, the Connecticut Sun received Rebecca Allen, Ty Harris of the Dallas Wings, and the number six pick, from in the 2023 draft from the New York Liberty. The Dallas Wings received Natasha Howard and the rights to Crystal Dangerfield, who I believe is a restricted free agent. And the New York Liberty received Jonquil Jones and Kayla Thornton. So Jonquil Jones wanted out of Connecticut. It's going down. (laughs) We're not even, I'm not even going to get into the, oh, the Seattle, the Brianna Stewart talk and that they are, what what was the phrasing? Mutual interest. Conspiring. Mutual interest (laughs) from Courtney Vandersloot. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. You didn't hear that? To me. Oh, it's made up. All right. (laughs) No, it's, I think, no, it's it's not to hear it. Oh, okay. Fake news. Understood. Understood. (laughs) Mutual interest sounds like they're thinking about dating. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, just they're ask not her allowed out. to be talking yet, so <laughs> it can't be true. No, yeah, well, never that's... talk before the deadline, before the they're allowed yeah, to. Right, 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 right. They're not allowed to negotiate, so it's just kind of like it's. But it sounds like they're flirting, which is is really, really just. This was a weird way to phrase it. But yeah, they would have to trade but Laney or something to be able to swing that. And I kind of commented on Twitter today that you know. Normally, nobody would allow you to get away with that mistake, but then we've just seen the the Daniel Robinson contract get bailed out by Atlanta, and we've seen it before in the past where where somebody will decide to pick up pick up a player, Bria Hartley's contract with the Mercury. Indiana bailed them out so that they were able to sign Diamond DeShields and Tina Charles. So, could happen. 
who knows let's not even go there because there because because in this is goes this goes into the realm of of the maybe let's concentrate on what's actually happened here i am i am almost angry that that was the return for connecticut for john quill jones and i know that they they you know agreed to as consideration for her they agreed to say okay we're going to let you go we're going to let you negotiate around and figure out which team you want to go to very very nice very 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 nice of you connecticut son and you know then they take a trade that that was that was what you got you got rebecca allen ty harris and the number six pick that was it huh <laughs> so like, so they only valued her as high as the six pick basically because well, no no i don't even think that was it that was like the best that was the best pick that they could give for the upcoming draft that yeah. liberty could give but i want johan or i want han shu and the liberty are gonna say no to that no we're not we're not trading those players for John Quill Jones. We're not going to make this really worth your while. Like Han Shu should have kind of been a given because she's, she's still kind of trapped behind a bunch of players, especially if, you know, Brianna Stewart comes over, then, then what are they, what, how much time is Han Shu really going to get in that lineup? But in any case, they couldn't have held out for something more. They were just like, oh, we will do it because we love John Quill Jones and we're going to send her off. I think they needed to be a little bit more selfish there, personally. I just, I think that this was, this was not a good return. It was, it was, some people are comparing it. The Elena Deladon got two young players out of the deal, both very promising at the time, as, as what I've been told, and Kalia Copper and Stephanie Dolson. I think both of those obviously paid off, along with the number two pick in that 2017 draft, which was considered a very weak draft at the time. And it kind of sort of turned out to be, but there were, you know, Brianna Jones obviously wound up being a very good player coming out of that draft. They're going to pay Rebecca Allen and Brianna Jones because they're going to, they, they decided to core her. So she's getting the super max from Connecticut this upcoming season. They're paying her more than they paid Junkwell and, and uh, Brianna last season to Ooh, get wee. worse. Yes. And on top of between what New York paid Rebecca Allen and Natasha Howard, they're they're saving $30,000 on John Quell Jones <laughs> and Kayla Thornton. And, and still in position. <laughs> and got better. Go crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the cap's going up. So again, that's another, that's another like, I think 40K or something like that. But but still, I, I don't even want to get into Dallas here because I, I think that's this is that's a whole other discussion that we could probably talk about in detail at some other time. I don't like this deal for them either, personally. But never mind. Let's just talk about Connecticut here. I think that they needed to be a bit more selfish. I know you want to do right by junk well, but this was highway robbery. It is excruciatingly bad that they did not get they got a 30-year-old, very decent rotation player in Rebecca Allen. Good rotation player, sure. They got a guard, Ty Harris, who hasn't really developed since she's come into the league. She hasn't really gotten better in any particular area. She might. They, they, maybe they see something in her that's worth it. And they got the number six pick where this feels like a two 
or maybe three-player draft, which it, it could pan out. It, it could not. But it feels kind of middling for, for, for this draft. I don't know. It just, it really bugs me that it's like this, you, you, you could have waited. You didn't even have to do this right now. Like you could have gone into the season a little bit, negotiated, found another partner. They had to do this now. I don't know. I, I hate it. I really, really dislike it. I love it for the Liberty. It, Highway it, robbery. Good for it, them. It's got to be <laughs> something going on. Like something behind closed doors is really, you know, something going on with, with management. And I don't Maybe. know if it, it came from the during the season, but something has to be going on for them to pull the trigger like that. You know, you could have wait. They could have waited till a drive night. They could have did that. There's I don't see a reason why, you know, even if something's going on, just like just calm down. Hang on until you you survey <laughs> it and get a better deal than this. It was very nice that they, you know, they agreed to a trade and they didn't, you know, they didn't hold up, hold it up. I, I would have been, I would have been an asshole about it personally, but that's maybe a good idea. Good reason I'm not a GM, but yeah, I just, I wouldn't trade her for peanuts. It's just like, okay, look, it's not just con- the Connecticut sun and John Quill Jones. It's the fans too. It's like you owe them to get a decent enough return to take the sting away from your MVP wanting out. And I, I I can't even contemplate why she would want. I mean, there's there could be various many reasons. Maybe she just didn't want to play in Connecticut. Maybe she just wanted to try somewhere else or whatever. I respect it, but it's just like get a good deal out of this. This this was this was mal general manager malpractice. <laughs> that's that's how I'm going to describe it. Yeah. Becky, how do you feel about this? I think your anger is convincing me to be more angry than I even originally was. Not that I'm I'm not angry. I don't these aren't my team. So, right. but it does seem like out of everyone that the, you could ask the New York Liberty to give up for the 2021 MVP, all mm-hmm. you get from them is Rebecca Allen and a, and a draft pick and a draft pick. Yeah. And they also, they get Kayla Thornton. Like, yeah. Right. Kayla right. Thornton? <laughs> oh, I'm getting more angry about it. Get Kayla <laughs> they, don't, like, they don't need Kayla Thornton. <laughs> I get this. Like she's replacing Natasha Howard, but like, what is, why <laughs> why is New York say that too? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I understand why John Quill would want out. We've talked sure. a lot about her playing time. And there were some a couple times in the playoffs where it seems like she was a little she would deprecated in, for a the, while. in the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it kind of seemed like the team was prioritizing or the organization was prioritizing Alyssa Thomas over her. Both of them are skilled enough to be franchise players. Both of them are, I don't want to spoil too much, but top 10 bigs in the league. So <laughs> Nice one. Thanks. <laughs> We're advertising the, the latter half of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep people excited. So you get why it's kind of difficult, you know, when you have two players that they don't play the same position, but you have to balance those two and their styles are maybe a little bit different. The team was kind of prioritizing Alyssa Thomas's style over John Paul Jones's style. And so JJ, you know, decides she wants to go somewhere else. I totally get that. But as you said, it just doesn't seem like enough value for the talent level that she's at. Yeah. It's just that, that, that that's actually a really good point. It was like, I was thinking about all of the, the, the players in play and I was like, who is the second, most val the second player that I would want given their age and their salary. And I, I thought Kayla Thornton would have been number two in that list too. Like just, I, 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 you know, you could argue 
Rebecca Allen a more useful offensive player for sure. But I think just given the salaries, because Rebecca has hit her free agency and she got her free agency money, whereas Kayla has a little bit to go, I think she has one more year of cost control. I may be wrong about that. It could be even more. Let me look this up real quick. But she's, yeah, she's making peanuts for her, her, her level of productivity. She's only making 109K which is kind of ridiculous. And she does hit unrestricted free agency. I would have, I would have taken that. I would have taken that ahead of, ahead of Rebecca Allen. But I, it's just, it is absolutely insane. MJ, give us your thoughts. I know, I know you're going to, you're going to love this in, in the context of, of the New York Liberty beginning a super team. MJ? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, okay. I am too excited. <laughs> I'm sitting up here laughing and everything. I didn't unmute the mic. No, what I, no, I said, yeah, the super team's on the way. Trust. Okay. <laughs> but as far as Connecticut is concerned, I just pulled out my notes and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, so they have to value that six pick like really high. So I think that they should probably draft Maddie Segrist because she can, she can stretch the floor. Okay. Or Elizabeth Kitley, or this deal doesn't make any damn sense to me <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> I don't know that Brianna Jones can fully. She's not John Quill Jones. Mm-hmm. So, what are you going to plug in there to you know supplement for her being moved? Like you have to plug something in or change the dynamic altogether, which is what it seems like they're doing. Like they're about to go a different direction, somewhat. They're about to pivot. So. I think that they have to draft one of those two ladies. And I mean, unless they can look up and get Diamond Miller, which I doubt they're not, that's she's not going to be there. Yeah, she's probably but, going top three, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And I, I need to do my research again on Ashley Jones. But yeah, and, and go back and look at exactly what she was doing for her team because she might be an option too. But yeah, those two. Yeah, if they don't take them, then something's wrong. They're like trying to save money or something or tanking or i don't know i don't know what they're doing i won't know what they're doing all right i have <laughs> try to mvp you <laughs> gotta get more than that yeah at least top three pick because you so I, have a, I have a little theory man. that goes in in line with the other trade that they made so they the other thing that they did was they traded jasmine thomas to the los angeles sparks for the number 10 pick so then they have now have the number six and number 10 in this upcoming draft which is something yeah. Oh no, they traded the 2023 number 10 pick to the Sparks. Never mind. Oh, that, uh, okay. So well, yeah, they they, they traded this this is even better. They stupidity. traded up four picks. <laughs> they traded up four picks. They went from number 10 to number 6. They're just like this is this is what we want to do. For Olivia Nelson Adota, Jasmine Walker, and Kiana Smith. I think it's fair to call all three of those players potentially French players. I do like Ono. I liked uh, I liked what I saw of her. I think she has some promise, but I think all of these players are still kind of on on the fringe. Like you wouldn't be surprised to see all the some of them cut at the end of training camp. I think so. Not super duper great return, but we're talking about Jasmine Thomas, who I think she's thirty three years old. 33 or 34 coming off ACL surgery. You don't really know it, it, it just given the circumstances and she's making 190 K and it's guaranteed. I think just getting out from under that is, is a bit of freedom for them. We, I said this uh, on our two podcasts ago when we were talking about primary ball handlers, 
I like the idea of giving the the reins to Natisha Heidemann for the Connecticut Sun. I'm not opposed I think to that, that idea. Huh? I said I'm not opposed to that either. Yeah, I as as good as Jasmine Thomas has been in the past, just given the differences in their age and given what the Connecticut Sun need that Natisha Heidemann pro- provides and that Jasmine Thomas had struggled to provide, which is offensive pick and roll ball handling and shooting. Uh, I like the idea of giving it to her. She, she's still a little untested, but she she has, you know, kind of established herself as a pretty decent rotation player where jury is out on how, how she'll, you know, how she'll continue to perform full time as a starter. We'll see how that goes. She's not a bad player. I do like her. I think she's on the edge of the the top 10 in terms of the, those ball handling skills. So, yeah, I think that is, I, I think that that's a net plus for them getting out from this salary, even if it's for, for players who are not going to stick around. That's probably why they had to send the number 10 pick also is just that, you know, they wanted, Ellie wanted a little something more than just here, let's help you out. Well then, you know, send us a pick. And I'm not even going to talk about it from the Sparks standpoint. They do get a veteran ball handler, but she, she struggles with the same things that the previous point guards did in her shooting. So I don't know, but if you look at what Connecticut has done, at least they have, they're, they're going with a shooter at the point guard spot. They have added a shooter in Rebecca Allen. So they've improved the spacing a bit. In this regard, I still think that they need a they they need a, a ball handler on the perimeter, somebody who can initiate pick and roll action, and who is more reliable than Courtney Williams was in that regard. So that that I think is still what they're missing. They're missing that that shot creator from that position, but they're leaning in. I think to to getting more spacing, and they're going to need it around Alyssa Thomas and Brianna Jones and Dewana Bonner. Now that we think about it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she'll shoot a lot, but it's yeah. not always going to be very, very accurate. Yeah. It's just, they, they, they need to kind of take some of those pick and roll possessions away from DB and hopefully get somebody more reliable. They, they freed up a salary. 190 K is nothing to sneeze at. And, and I don't even know if they're going to keep any of the three players that they got in return. Maybe ONO, maybe Jasmine Walker. We'll see. Cause she's still kind of untested really. She didn't get to play a whole, but yeah, it's just, that's, that's kind of where I feel that they're going with this. If you're losing John Quill Jones, it's not a bad strategy. I, I still would have held out for the, the player that they really could have used, which would have been Johan. It's like, you can trade Breen Johan. You have Sabrina Ionescu. All right. It's not like you're missing a really good ball handling guard. You can trade Marine Johan for John Quill Jones. And I think everybody would have called it fair, but yeah. Yeah, but we would have been mad. <laughs> huh? I said, yeah, but we would have been mad. <laughs> Why would we have been mad? Because Marine Johan would have would have probably been the primary ball handler on our own team. I think that would be great. Ooh, I didn't see. I wasn't looking at her that way. I was looking at it that way. Okay. I don't know if Marine okay. Johan would have been happy to play in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, I don't know. Yeah, that's just... It's just, that's, I think is, is the plan. You know, they got more room. Maybe they can pick up another, maybe somebody like to pays. I don't know, but yeah, that's how I see it. I'll we'll find out. What do you think MJ? I I don't, I'm confused with where they're, I, I guess we won't know. Maybe they're doing a, a Hail Mary for Vandersloot. Now that you kind of mentioned, like they need a ball handler. 
So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, where's, what's my girl? Mabry. Mm-hmm. Maybe, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can um, see that too. Like I don't, I I'm confused now. Cause I would just give the reins to Natisha. She's nice. And then when she's making her threes, it's everything is just like on another level when she's making her shots. So I don't know. I would just put more shooting around them if you're going to let her take the reins. But I'm I'm confused with Connecticut. That's a that was definitely a all right, I'm pissed with you. Y'all pissed with me. Okay, so just move me. Okay, where you want to go will be nice. <laughs> and she told them where and they did that and they made it work where they can, I guess, shed some contract in the long run, but at at the forefront, it doesn't look right. And then I don't know. A part of me after seeing this deal and hearing the rumblings, I just feel like it's about to be a super team. That's something they're about to use to try to potentially pump more attention into the game. And I wouldn't actually be mad at it. I just say, yeah, don't, uh, yeah, if you don't do, it, do, do it. just one, though. I wouldn't do just one. But that's just me being a conspiracy theorist, a basketball conspiracy <laughs> theorist. So, yeah, I mean, my my response is I'm confused. <laughs> okay. And, and interested in seeing what happens. All right. Becky, any any thought, final thoughts on the, the wild free agency that has occurred so far? Yeah, I don't have any more insights on this than MJ does. I will say it was disappointing that the Jasmine Thomas trade was what made me learn that her and Natisha Heidemann had broken up. So yeah. In addition to the trades, we've also lost our super team of WNBA couples, which I really, <sighs> really loved. But, you yeah. know. Love is dead. Aww. <laughs> That is a lesson here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the lesson. The lesson. Is, well, the I, I had I had a bad feeling about it when Jasmine Thomas used a quote that F. Scott Fitz, Fitzgerald said about his wife. <laughs> and I remember tweeting about it when I saw it. Nobody tell her how that relationship worked out. <laughs> if you don't, you can Google Zelda Fitzgerald and find out all about it out there. It was not a happy ending. This You could say that this this probably, I don't even know what happened, but Jasmine and, and Atisha turned out better than... F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, moving on <laughs> okay. to um, top 10 bigs. Here we go. And we're going to start with somebody from a team we were just been talking about. Jack, they actually tied for ninth, but the ninth place player finished ahead on two ballots out of three. So she gets bumped up to ninth. Number 10 with 36 points is Alyssa Thomas. The very, very same Alyssa Tom of the Connecticut Sun that are undergoing big, huge changes. Had a wonderful season last year. I think she finished in either first team or I think she was first team, all WBA. It might have been second team, but it was a magnificent season. She was in the MVP watch for quite a bit. And, and yeah, generally just great. Uh, a defender who really can guard anywhere on the floor from one through four, a tremendous inside score. Her one weakness, I think, over the course of her career was free throw shooting, and she she has vastly improved in that. It is the torn labrum thing where she kind of has to shot put the ball at the net, and it looks like she's just gotten really good at it because <laughs> it, it, it wasn't as much of an issue. Tremendous defender, tremendous rebounder doesn't... Her weakness is the same thing as Brianna Jones. This will be, be like the... The big tandem who who cannot block any shots between her and Brianna. Her and Brianna. We're not going to get a lot, of shot, a lot of shot blocking in there. But uh, yeah, both of them, tremendous scorers. Ellis Thomas also like one of the best passing bigs 
in the business. Just she she played a bit of point guard when Jasmine first went out. They were basically essentially playing her as the point guard on offense. I don't think that that worked out particularly well, but you know, given given what her normal position is, it was it was kind of startling that they can even attempt something like that. Is is that's that's the level of her skill handling the ball. She was a monster in the playoffs against the Aces, player I was really, really worried about. And just some quick numbers. Let's see real quick here. There it is. She is 43rd in the league over the past two seasons. Well, actually, that's wrong. I'll get to that. But in any case, yeah, just a primary, premier offensive player. She missed, she missed 2021 with an injury, but came back and was all, all BA. Alyssa Thomas, let's get your thoughts, Becky, on her. Alyssa Thomas is one of those players that has the some of the high highs and low lows where there's some very obvious huge strength to her game, and then she's got some drawback to her game that also makes mm-hmm. her occasionally difficult to work around, right? Yeah. That she's a very like credible defender, and she's just like, they call her the engine. Their nickname is that because she's just like a train in the paint, like just like so strong, can just like full head of steam go um go towards the basket. But then of course she does not have any functioning shoulders. So her <laughs> shots really wonky and she's not able to block a shot because she can't put her arms up that high. And she is a very good, you know, passing ball handling big, but that does come with some more turnovers than you expect from a player in that position. Right. Um, and of course you're not going to get a three from her anytime, which I think is is part of what we've been talking about with the Connecticut Sun is trying to fit people around her. You kind of have to have a very certain makeup of the team for it to all work in some sense. Yeah, really good point on that is she she is a player you have to build around and you have to kind of cover her weaknesses a little bit. And it's part of what I think Connecticut hasn't gotten over that finish line is that they haven't had the the personnel to do that. To, to overcome the fact that she is not going to space the floor for you. She can open things up with her passing, but she doesn't necessarily make other players better. She is a very good individual scorer, individual player who does, who does very good individual things. And you kind of need to build around that to make the most of it. Right. But her strengths are so strong mm-hmm. that that's worth it. You mm-hmm. understand completely why a team would go, okay, we're going to make this work with Alyssa because she is... Even given so, all that, so yeah, good at what she does, good. Right? That's the re- she, that's the reason she's in the top ten. She is just uh, she's just a phenomenal player, and she is somebody that you would take a risk to build around. Absolutely. What do you think, MJ? Give us your list of Thomas take. I'm surprised you have her over EDD and Emma. I'm I'm a little surprised. This is mostly this is mostly a result of EDD. I just don't know how much she's going to have play. Left. Yeah, oh, on a man. per game basis, yeah, I would I would absolutely take Elena Deladon. I think you guys were just a little more optimistic than I was with how much that she's going to play, but I don't hate it. I, I, I you can see I kind of have a, a, a group of them there italicized because I wasn't really sure yeah. how to rank <laughs> how to rank any of those players, and I just kind of went with what I put in anyway since I, I hadn't quite figured it out. <laughs> I still don't know, <laughs> so that'll that'll have to get ironed out when we do the top twenty five. But yeah, well, that was just basically it. She she was where she was because I do feel that her defense is just a great deal. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a player who I think I, it's 
personally, you know, it, it's very, very plausible to rank her ahead of Alyssa Thomas. I just had the defense mean a little bit more in that context, but I could be wrong about it. No, if anything, you made me kind of lock in on her strengths a little bit more because I, I really thought she was doing pretty well, like especially in the playoffs. She yeah. seemed like she was the hub. She was scary. As an Aces fan, I was, I will tell you, I was frightened of Alyssa Thomas going off because she's done it against our team. Yeah. And then you said she's the engine. Like, yeah, she's definitely the heart. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, going forward, I, I, I don't know. As the smoke clears, I guess it's starting to be more of a thing. I guess I can wrap my head around just knowing, you know, they they do have her and I guess, you know, retaining Brianna, like they can make it, they can figure it out. They just have to plug something else in right now. But I like her. I picked her at 10. I like her as a player as well. And she give she gave me like Chelsea Gray vibes a little bit as far as the being able to set people up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said it's like you said it. she's not really good, like super proficient at it. So I'll just say she's just really good at passing. She can find you. You know, she she may not be like a flat out orchestrator. So and the usual criteria that I have is 500 minutes over the previous two seasons. Given that regard, she is seventh in the league in assists per possession, which is bonkers to think that's out of everybody. Everybody ahead of her is a point guard. Courtney Vandersloot, Natasha Cloud, mm. Laisha Clarendon, Suber, Chelsea Gray, Sabrina Ionescu, and then yeah. Alyssa Thomas is right after that. So she is up there with premier passing in the league. As Becky stated, uh, pretty high turnovers for that, but 15th, you, yeah. you, you, you could take that with that passing. I don't think that's too bad at all. Really low in personal fouls. She is a great no foul contact defender and free throw attempts 19th she's really good at going after those despite the fact that she she apparently has a hard time lifting her hands overhead really good rebounder she's a position rebounder 20th among all players on this list in that regard just phenomenal like as becky said so many strengths so many things that that can really help you out and then it's just like those weaknesses can't block shots can't shoot threes at all gets to the line and when she was missing (laughs) yeah and when she was missing free throws then the getting to the line didn't do as much but over the past two seasons what is what is her do i have a free throw percentage 73 percent, pretty good 541 true shooting percentage that's decent that's okay it's not it's not superb but it's it's all right but just the when you added that that scale of so many abilities she what had two triple doubles i think right in the finals yeah if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, it's that that kind of sums it up is that she's just like she adds so much and she's so good individually. And if you can build that team, the right team around her, then then you've really got something going. Moving on, we're going to move up to number nine, who tied with the Hearn points, 36 points on the other end. Great shooter for a big, not as great a defender, but she has some strengths from Becky's team. Emma Miesemann. I first want to say and uh, pat myself on the back. I had her as like, I think 11th last year in the top 25. And I think that paid out. I think she was very, very close to an all WNBA player last season. And she did exactly what I thought she was going to do for the Chicago sky. She is great. If your team is good, if your team is good offensively, Emma Miesemann is great. She fits in on good team, on good passing, shooting teams, and does fills in everything that you would want her to do on those teams. She can score from inside. She can post up. She is a really good shooter from the mid range. She's a good shooter from three. 
She just, she, if you, if you want her, if you need her to go get a rebound, she can go get a rebound. If you need her to, you know, play, play defense, block shots, she's not the best individual defender in the world, but she is very, very active hands. And that has led to her having really, really good steals numbers for a, for a big. And just, yeah, Swiss, just a Swiss army knife on offense can fill in everything that you need her to do. There's a reason that she was a monster on that 2019 Washington Mystics team. Perfect team to surround her with. That's why she was so good last year when she had another passing big in in Candace Parker. Oh, yeah. She's also a really, really good passer, too, for big. She's got guard skills in a center's body, and she's fantastic. And take it away, Becky. Let us know what you thought about Emma last season. Oh, she's so great. And you really summed up the way that kind of complete opposite from Alyssa Thomas. She doesn't have those spots where there's like, this she is the best in the world at x thing Mm -hmm. but she is so good at every part of the game her three-point shooting was actually down for her career it was a low year for her three-point shooting but her field goal percentage was up because she was so efficient elsewhere she's always seems to be in the right place works really well with the point guard sets good screens rebounds is a pretty good passer has good assist numbers she just does everything for your team and she's one of those players that doesn't always stick out mm-hmm. as like, oh, this is a superstar player. But then you watch her play and like, oh, well, she's doing every single thing right. Yeah. She's not flashy, but she's one of the most fundamentally sound quality players in the league. Yeah, super smart. Just like always thinking and always putting herself in the right position to succeed. MJ, how about you? What do you think of Emma? I love Emma. She's a former finals MVP, right? She was with the 2019 Yeah, Mystics. like. So the what I seen when she went to Chicago was that she was giving Candace a breather. Mm-hmm. That's how I really seen the move. It was like, oh, Emma's going over there. That's going to extend Candace's career. That's going to make it so Candace doesn't have to do everything. And they have somebody that's been in big games, been a champion, been a final a finals MVP, and you know can can help glue that thing together and keep it going, and potentially. In, in route to a repeat, but, you know, let's try again next season. But I just – she can do everything, like you guys said. She's like a Swiss Army knife. I don't think there's nothing like – I don't think she has a weakness, really. And to to the extent that you can miss Candace for an extended period of time, and I think Emma fits in perfectly mm-hmm. and will make it where you won't even – I mean, there's like some – some yelling at the referees <laughs> and rallying your teammates kind of stuff that you'll miss. But yeah, as far as just on the floor, what her capabilities are, you won't really, it's not, it won't be that a fall off really at all. So that's how good she is, which is why I was thinking like she, she's well on the list. She's higher, but I was thinking I was looking at it. Like I, th- I thought highly of her, but I maybe Candace hurt her game a little bit. I think they made it may have hurt each other's game just a little bit, just because they're teammates. But that's not a bad thing. So, so yeah, on on the list, she is over the past two seasons. She is sixth in true shooting percentage. Just massively efficient, massively efficient player. I think that kind of speaks more to her abilities. Only forty third in in scoring at sixteen point five points per seventy five possessions. But she is in the 23rd in assists. Again, this is among everybody, and she's a center. She has as many assists as Maureen Johan. (laughs) 
per possession, which is kind of really, really nuts. She is 19th in steals as well, again, which is kind of inc- really, really impressive. 31st in blocks. She gets she gets the job done there. Just, yeah, smart player, always in the right place at the right time. If if I didn't have as good an, a good offensive player surrounding her, I would take Alyssa Thomas. But if I had a really good team, I would take Emma. And then when it comes down to like winning a championship, I think that quality is, is something that's a little more valuable. Somebody who can see, succeed and fit in with really good players around them, doesn't always have to have the ball, will just take advantage of those spots and mismatches and and breakdowns. Yeah, impossible to guard. This is the other thing. That was what I really took away from 2019 is that she would go inside and post you up and she's really strong and she can do that. And then if you try and take that away, she's just going to step out and be ready to hit a three on you. The the Washington Mystics kick the 2019 Aces butts up and down the court up until the playoffs when we finally got a big win against them in, in game three. Uh, it, and Emma was a huge part of that is just that they, the Aces didn't have anybody who could deal with all of the things that she did on the court. And it gave me nightmares, <laughs> but I'm glad she's, it was, it was cool. I'd rather have her in the league and have her giving me nightmares than, than having her skip a season. All right. Moving on up to number eight from the Los Angeles Sparks. It is Madam President. Neka Agumike after an injury filled 2021 she came made the all WNBA team was really marvelous for a Sparks team that had very little else going for it especially on the offensive end uh well both ends let's be honest <laughs> they were they were just pretty bad Liz did not work out remotely and Neka had to had to really just like take the brunt of the usage and be that player and she really was and she almost got him into the playoffs over the the past two seasons she is 20.4 points per 75 possessions 17th in the league 41st in rebounds what is it 11th in steals just a phenomenal defensive player and super duper efficient 10th in true shooting percentage she is your prototypical big in terms of those types of plays. She's really, really good at doing all of the things you want a big to do. And then on top of that, she also can go out and stretch the floor and have some range. Uh, and she's just capable. She showed last season, and she's done it before. She's she's a former MVP. But she's just capable of carrying a team and being the main player on a really good team and somebody that you can build around. She's great. And I don't. I never expect her... She's kind of been off, off and on over the past few years as she struggled with injuries like it seems like every other year. But in general, I never expect NECA to be anything less than great. I think that she is just she's a, a Hall of Famer. She's going to be one of the she or she was named as one of the top 25 players all time in in all in WNBA history. And she definitely deserves that just a phenomenal player, like really no real weaknesses either, as far as I can see. Becky, how do you feel about NECA? I feel great about NECA. I feel a little guilty about where she ended on my list. I think <laughs> probably because I did not watch a lot of the Sparks games. Yeah. Because they were bad and not very fun <laughs> to watch. So she could have been higher on my list because. Still top 10. She's top 10. Now. She's top 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely put her top 10. There was no question she was going to be in the top 10 for me. And she had a really good season last year. She really did. Hopefully she's not going to have to be the only person scoring on the Sparks again next year. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not sure I've well, ever they added, they added noted scorer, Jasmine Thomas. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many field goal attempts will be coming from the point guard spot now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the Sparks aren't done because I think they now have two signed players on their team. So there's still more to come. Uh, they have a lot of cap room. <laughs> Finally, all those all of those zucks came off that they that were really clogging them up last season. So they've got a lot of room now to operate. So is that salute in LA? Oh, you, what? <laughs> I'm messing. I'm we're messing. not going to. We're, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Courtney Vander salute to every team. I have the power to kick you out of the Zoom call. Oh, <laughs> Better oh, not. Oh, wow. I thought I would be the first one threatened with uh, removal. <laughs> I did not have that on my bingo card. No, um, I just threatened Snap with Twitter polls. <laughs> yeah. frame things I in my she's, favor. I figure she was just editing out all my dumb comments. It's, it's, <laughs> she controls the button for that. So, I'm sorry, uh, Becky. Jay, how do you feel about NECA? I love NECA. Shout out to her for also being the leader of my women's fantasy team. That oh, was hey going, yeah, that was going on with the league with a lot, a lot of us in the in the league. And uh, I don't know. She just needed help, man. I mean, it's, it's, you guys said everything that, that needed to be said about her. Her game is good. She does everything. She doesn't really have too much of a weakness. She's a scoring machine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Put something around her that's not a Derek Fisher and a Liz Cambage and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and some people that have some stability over there. I mean, maybe uh, uh, they could use a point guard because Christy Tolliver is leaving, right? It, probably retiring. Probably going I'm to guessing. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, give her a good point guard and probably a good, like, big to play next to her. And yeah, that, that she should be pretty good. Like, they should be able to do something more than what they've been doing the last two seasons. So, because mm-hmm. she's she's been sustaining greatness for a while, you know. It's not really fair that she's not in the playoffs, at least just to smell it, just to get in the first round. If New York can get in, if New York can get in the playoffs last year, you know, then geez, the last two years like have been yeah, the last yeah. So it's like damn, but you got somebody as as good as Neca, and she's not making it. Like yeah, somebody needs to do something about that. So fingers crossed. We'll see what LA is able to put together. All right, moving on up to number seven returning well she did technically return to the league last year but it wasn't wasn't a great return but yeah coming off pregnancy having her baby back in the league the 2019 rookie of the year nafisa collier so if we go and we look at the way that i usually look at at stats over the past two seasons nafisa doesn't look that great because her 2021 season was was not spectacular. It was it was undoubtedly the worst of them. She missed some time. I think she came in a little bit late, and maybe she was had some injuries or something, but kind of fell off a little bit, fell off of her previous form. And then last year, she came back to play a handful of games after pregnancy and was was not good at all. She was not ready, not game ready, <laughs> is is how I'm going to describe it. But that's okay because Nafisa Collier's rookie season was phenomenal and i honestly think that she should have gotten a little more consideration for all WNBA than she did and then she topped it in 2020 and was somehow even better and she did make the all WNBA team for that season at her very best defisa collier 
basically can do anything. She she can defend really well, almost all over the court, I think, except against your like super big centers is the only thing she struggles with. She can shoot, she can pass, she can rebound, she can score. She is a veritable like a utility player that can just fit in wherever you need. Uh, and she just based on her rookie year and her 2020 season, she just looks like an outstanding, amazing talent. I don't know what happened in 2021, but just given her her collegiate history and and her first two years in the league, looking absolutely phenomenal, looking like a a player who doesn't have very many weaknesses. I think that she's going to bounce back hard and be up there and in contention for all WNBA again. The where did I have her? I had her. Yeah. Okay. So I had her almost where she finished. She had her sixth. I think she's going to be really, really good. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think that the Lynx have something to build around if she's back and she is at full strength. And I, I will I ask you what you guys think. MJ, tell me your thoughts on the piece of call here. Well, I, I resented her at first. <laughs> really? Like... Oh, because of the Dallas? The, the... No. Because of the, because it was like, oh, so she she's supposed to be Maya Moore's replacement. Like I, oh, really, I, I really did feel that way. Like I did. I stopped. Oh, okay. Maya stepped away. I stopped watching the links altogether. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't give them no love <laughs> until like what, maybe a year oh, and a half man, ago. Can you imagine the two of them playing next to each other? That's and I, I that would have been amazing. I really wish man. Like, that's that's why that's one reason why I did want Maya to come back because it's like you got everybody over there that you need to still be great. You could just do it, just just one more time, just two more times, just two more seasons, please. Because she's <laughs> only like what thirty three anyway. Yeah, enough about Maya, but no, but coming back down to earth and getting out of the resentment side of things, she is a really great player. She reminds me a little bit of Neca, to be honest, mm-hmm. the way that she scores and can just do everything on the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I, I don't have too much more to add to her. I I will say I missed a lot of that rookie season, though. I'm not going to hold you up. <laughs> so, yeah, but just seeing her the year before last a little bit and then seeing her come back and then, you know, just taking notes and looking into her to see what I did miss. Yeah, she's she's really good, man. So, hopefully they get that together. It would have been nice for her to I mean, I'm not saying I'm I wish she didn't have a pregnancy or nothing, but if Sylvia could have gave them another full season yeah, and with, with fee healthy, you know, and with Ariel with another season under her belt, like that, I think they could have made something happen with that, but you know, it is what it is. It's true. Becky, what do you, how do you feel about fee? Just great. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna like that's, that's basically what we're gonna be saying for everybody. Anything helpful. I, Great. As I shouted out across the timeline last week, they have the coloring relative to their career. Mm-hmm. They also you can do coloring relative like to in season percentile for the league. Okay. And it's dark blue if you're in the 90th plus percentile, and it's like a, a bright blue if you're in the 80th plus percentile, then the coloring goes down. And for all these players this top 10 it's just like everything's blue it's just like they're the top percentile in everything so it, it's hard to add anything she is very good she's been getting better even since her rookie year which was like a phenomenal opening rookie year i feel the same bitterness mj because this guy could have drafted her and we just didn't we went with her teammate which didn't work yeah. out the same way and i don't uh, think there's any reason she's not going to be 
just a phenomenal player again next year. That was a big miss from me too on that draft because I also really liked Kitty Lou Samuels. <laughs> I, I mean, did. she's a very she's a solid player. Anyone who yeah. can sust- stay in the league is a very yes. very good player. True, but she is not a top ten big. Uh, is not so. <laughs> and yes, we could have had her. Yeah, yeah, Fee, just tr- great. I think the thing that stand, stood out to me mo- the most in her rookie season is just how easy she made everything look. She's just so efficient, you know, and and really smart, putting herself in, like, really good position to to do things. Just, just yeah, it's like basketball court knowledge beyond, beyond her years. Like, she didn't look like she was phased at all by the change in athleticism in the league. And that's just, yeah. And then on top of that, just obvious physical gifts. That, that was the funny. The knock on her was yeah. that she wasn't athletic enough. And that's what been, people, that's why she wasn't like a top, you know, four or five pick that year. Crazy. I just, I just had one question. Isn't she, huh. she's Yukon too, right? Yep. Yep. Man. Yeah. That's why I resented her. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. It's like you came down Maya's whole path and then you ended up where she was and I'm just supposed to let her go and accept you tomorrow. Like, Oh my God. All right. I love you though, Fee. Congratulations on your baby. Uh, yeah, I hope you do have a good season next year. I will. Amazing be podcast host too. Like she was. Born oh yeah. To it. Fee she's, and, um, she's really, really great. Yeah. Her and Asia are phenomenal. Yeah. But Fee in particular just like is, is astoundingly funny on that pod anyway all right moving on up what are we here 10 9 8 7 number six in the league some people are probably going to think this is a bit too low but from the washington mystics we have elena deladon 44 points i don't need to go over elena deladon everybody knows elena deladon she is an offensive dynamo probably one of the best offensive players in the history of the league just overall passing spacing Everything you want. This is this is a player who was very, very easy to build around. Because she does everything. She does it often. She does it well. She's one of the greatest shooter in the league. I, I'm not even going to say one of the greatest. Because I think she, her or Quigley are the, the greatest shooter in the league. Just uh, the, the 50, 40, 90, the whole thing. Um, uh, her ability to... her. She's one of the greatest free throw shooters, period. Men or women. 95%, something like that. Which I think somebody did a study once. And they determined that like the max you could expect out of a player to shoot over their career was around 90%. And uh, yeah, Elena Deladon has vastly exceeded that. So she's figured something out. Just amazing. The only the only quibble, of course, and the quibble that she'll have always is the health. I had her at number nine just because I'm not as optimistic as everybody else about how well, how much she'll play. You both, you guys had her both at, at number five. And uh, if she plays, oh, I don't know, what, what, let's say 80% of the season, then she probably is a top five player, period, end of, end of sentence. And it's just how much is she going to play? What games is she going to miss? We don't have the answers to that yet, so I hedged my bets a little bit. I had her down at number nine. I could have had her as high as number seven. I was really, really unsure about the placement of like the bottom half of the top 10. And, and then I just kind of went with, well, how do I feel? stability-wise about about each of these players. So, but yeah, Elena Deladon. So let's, I mean, we are, we all think that this, that she's great, but how, you guys are really optimistic about how much she's going to play. Is this just wishful thinking or do you think that she's really, she's turned a corner with the health? And I'll start with you, Becky. Can we keep talking about her free throw percentage? Because I have additional thoughts. Oh, go for it. Yeah, please. On. 
Yeah. Elena Deladon has the best career free throw percentage in the league at 93.69%. Mm-hmm. The next highest is Kayla McBride at 89.82%. There is a yeah. gap. The best in the NBA, probably unsurprising, Steph Curry, he's only at 90%. Yep. He is that good of a shooter. It is wild. And that 50 40 90 season shows the type of offensive dominance she has. Mm-hmm. I am just optimistic, and it's hard to figure in how do you take into the account that she, if it's going to be like last season, she misses some games. If the game she's in, she's in that she's one of the top five bigs, how much do you subtract for the game she's not in? Mm-hmm. Right. And I just love her. So I, I just <laughs> would like to feel optimistic for this. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I think no, there is a lot of, we love this player. And we're so happy, and that is going to impact the rankings up ahead just a little bit. But you'll we'll see when we get there. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're like every one of these players is going to yeah. be like talked about and considered for decades. And when they retire, like Maya Moore, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that retirement and what they've done for the game. That's that's the stratosphere of players we're entering into now. So yeah, we're 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 fondly remembering the career of everybody going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that we got to spend time with them. 100%. MJ, give us some EDD thoughts. I will admit, you are right. With the some love, some love bias coming up next, actually. I think, <laughs> where are we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. But, I mean, yeah, I don't have nothing bad to say about EDD. As far as your question, though, yes, I'm always optimistic. You know, I didn't want to release New York players. I didn't want to, you know, if you're not Dallas, then I don't, I'm not going to try to bring you doom yeah. per se, unless you're, unless you were the sparks with Derek Fisher. But other than those two, I'm not trying to bring you doom or want to see you hurt. So yeah, she falls in that cali- that category. Cause she's so good when she's on the floor. Like I wouldn't want her to be hurt. She's mm-hmm. they're, they're like a wild card team when she's healthy. So yeah, I, I was picking her in optimism that she would, she would be on the floor probably like 85 percent of the games because usually it does take people a year to get their legs back under them or mm-hmm. a season i should i should say yeah, and, and arguably then, she was not quite totally 100 percent 100 percent herself yeah last year yeah so you know you get that a uh, conditioning and everything going back up under you and then you know it is going to depend on the off season she's having right now so hopefully let's cross our fingers all right. Yeah. So moving on up to we're in the we're in the top five now. And this is a play, I think I'm going to be honest. I think we kind of ha- collectively have her a little bit high. And my, I only say that we're talking about CP3, Candace Parker. She was my number three MVP pick this past season. And it was as much for how she was managing things like not just not just on the court herself but the way that she was pushing her team which is probably one of the best leaders if not the very best leader right in the WNBA and the way that she she pushes everybody and keeps them focused and 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 all of that but we're talking for the 2023 season she's 36 years old she's going to be turned 37 on April 19th uh, before the season starts I think is that right yeah and uh, yeah, we're asking a lot of her. Skill-wise, one of the most skilled bigs in WNBA history. Just great handle, great shooting. D- does all the, the the big stuff at a phenomenal level. Block shots, rebounds. She's the the first 
and only, I think, five by five player, player to have five points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, just does everything. Defender, tremendous defender. I think that was probably her greater the the greater end of her strength the these past two years with with the Chicago and also she won the DPOY in the Wubble in 2020 just a phenomenal phenomenal defender one of those players who is so hard to guard that it makes everything easier for, I'm talking myself into this I'm talking myself as I slowly go over all of her good points mm-hmm, and uh, I'm talking doing herself back up into the position that we have her in yeah I still think I still think she's probably a little bit high I just I, I, I just kind of a feeling again we're talking through this top 10 this top 10 is full of great players I could see some of them leapfrogging the younger ones kind of leapfrogging her a little bit but we'll see is like will she stay will she be able to stay healthy will you know will the body hold up 37 is is not a lot of players even make it that far playing professional basketball at this level so i'm a little i'm a little reticent about where we have her but that's okay we are again talking about somebody that we are just blessed to see on a game in and game out basis i think one of the most entertaining players to watch live even before i knew about her relationship with the refs and and the eye rolling and all of that other stuff which is tremendous fun she just she was the first player that i watched i'm like yeah that's a star like she shines just the way she moves just the way she carries herself and then when you see her on the floor and you if you didn't know anything about the game of basketball you watch candace parker you're like that's one of the best players in the game right there right there you can just kind of tell it's it's just like it's almost like she has a glow around her she's phenomenal yeah just will it will it hold up if we're talking about for the 2023 season i'm a little hesitant to to peg her this high but we'll see. I mean, she she proved me wrong last year. I think I had her around number 10 and and she was great. So, but yeah, her brain is the biggest probably the best asset that you can have, her brain and her drive and her ability to influence players. Becky, talk us through CP. Well, I mean, she was one of the top she was one of the top 5 players in the league last year yep. of all players. True. And that was also you would have called her old last year. And she was just a little little (laughs) bit older. And I think Uh one of the things that's impressive about Candace is how, because of that basketball IQ, because of how well she knows the game, like her game has shifted since she was the rookie of the year. Right. She plays a different game now and she knows her strengths and she'll make fun of it sometimes when someone throws her a pass. She's like, I'm too old now. I'm not going to be able to run that fast. Like you you can't (laughs) throw that pass there. But she's found ways like within her physical capabilities to make impacts on every part of the game. She's one of the best passing bigs. She's one of the best defenders. Like her great skill is she's just one of those great kind of roving around defenders. She's just like not on anyone else. She just kind of, because she always can be in the right place. I'm making a lot of arm movements that you can't see about how she rubs around and and makes. I'm envisioning them in my mind. (laughs) Just like you're like one of those little blow up dolls who's like, waving <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's still occasionally just embarrassing players by a little, little <laughs> over the head place that she still still gets players with and like yep. you said she is so so much fun to watch play it's been such a joy to just see her close up and she is you know she's all over the court chatting with everyone loves the game the game loves her back i hope she just keeps it up for another year and continues to be one of the Best five players in the league. Yeah, me too. All right, MJ. She's Candace Parker. That's it. 
That's it. <laughs> That's fair. Good I argument. Think you, I think you guys covered all bases. Yeah. And, and what I said earlier, like just when I was mentioning Emma, I said, you know, Emma can fill in, but the only thing she can't do is be the leader and rally the teammates. That's that's really what it is with Candace yep. and the IQ you guys mentioned. So I'll just sprinkle that back in there. And you guys, you guys covered that for sure. Yeah, she really does a lot, a lot just beyond the box score. It's she just makes teams better. I will. I will say, what if she's the engine behind like Rebecca Gardner waking up and and you know what I'm saying? Like, what if she's the trigger? I, I, well, I, I imagine if you ask Kalia Copper, Kalia would would credit CP with a Candace. lot of her. Yeah, 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 yeah she already has. She, yeah, she already has. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, you could see that with just like other any other player, just like instilling them with the confidence to to go out and do it and get it and get it done. Definitely. Right, moving on up, we are in the top four now. A player we've already talked about at quite quite at length, John Paul Jones, a tremendous player. You can kind of go by the fact that she was, she probably had an off season by her own standards and still finished as an All WNBA player. She was on the All WNBA second team and she played like twenty five minutes a game. I don't understand why she played 25 minutes a game. It is still a mystery to me. Kurt Miller had has and John Quell Jones have this really, really weird history. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times previously, but the sixth her sixth woman of the year season, which I think was in yeah, it was in 2018. This followed a season where she had made the all WNBA team, second team, and had set the league record for rebounds at the time. Since broken has since been broken by Sylvia Fowles. Monster, monster season in 2017. Gumake was injured that year. She comes back. She gets the starting spot again. JJ is coming off the bench, playing 20 minutes a game. Made no sense whatsoever, especially late in the year when Janae got hurt and was out, came back, did not play well, still was tasked with starting, and then they lost in the first round to the Phoenix Mercury, which set up that awesome Mercury supersonic series so I'm not, or storm mercury storm series so i'm not mad but anyway jj sixth in the league in scoring over the past two seasons second in rebounds i don't i don't even need to go through this 17th in blocks true shooting percentage seventh in true shooting percentage we all know what jj does she is a phenomenal scorer she's a phenomenal defender rim protector rebounder maybe the best rebounder in the game now that sylvia fowles is is really no longer to to contest her for that title and on the new york liberty like how does that change things this this may even make her even better considering she's actually got some shooters around her now she shoots threes <laughs> one of those one of the the bigs the few bigs that we're talking about uh, that is is really a consistent three-point shooter. She scares the hell out of me when she's shooting threes. She always seems to make them against against the aces. She's This is, for her, like when we talk about team context and how how it changes, going from Connecticut to the Liberty may, may honestly bump her up a bit for me just because I think she's going to have a monster, monster season. She's really, really capable of having a monster season with this level of talent surrounding her. Somebody like Steph Dolson playing off of her and and spreading the floor, emptying the lane a bit for her. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I'm really, really excited, even if if I'm mad that Connecticut didn't get, didn't get anything in return. <laughs> so yeah, JJ, MJ, what do you think? Junkle Jones. I'm trying to think of what I can add that I probably didn't say earlier. I mean, what was she? Second? 
in like the the defensive votes. I think I oh last year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I I thought she should have also won the defensive player of the year in her MVP season. Sylvia Fowles wound up winning it, and I ain't mad at that. But she was really, really good defensively that year. So yeah, she's she's. I mean, she's somebody who who kind of figures in regularly on that end of the floor as well. I mean, you pretty much said it all. She can do everything on the floor, which is why I'm confused about Connecticut doing this anyway. I'm I'm excited for New York though. <laughs> You guys know that, yep. <laughs> especially with playing with Sabrina. This is about to be so fun. This is going to be exciting. I don't know. I don't. I. Where do I have her? Is she third? Uh, you you put her sixth. Ooh, horrible yeah. man. And 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 me and Becky both had her fourth. Oh, I'm a hater. You supposed to call me out for that? Hater. That's real hating. I got. We Candace. had Candace Parker. I mean, I got Candace. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm not going to be right. mad. I give myself a little pass then, just a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, she's nice. I I think it was something going on with Kurt as well because she was just inconsistent in her minutes all year, like you pointed out. Yeah. And she just seemed frustrated at sometimes. Like she was just upset on the floor and was out of sorts a lot and still finished the way that she did. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's going to be for her to go to, like get a change of scenery, get new personnel new teammates, new system, one that you think would work around her because of how it's set up. I mean, even Han Shu can shoot. So it's going to be really fun. She's going to have a lot of room. She, that, that the whole, the whole post is going to be hers. Yeah. She's uh, Natasha Howard was the, the only player that could have really clogged that position for her. But Dolson and Shu are, are very much comfortable operating from mid range or even beyond the arc. Yeah, so that yeah. man, that, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I I would not be surprised to to see her get her second MVP award. Yeah, uh, with the Liberty. It's I was just, just gonna say that unless they continue the conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, Leona Stewart. Wow, that, that would way to take away JJ's uh, potential MVP award. All of a sudden, have a player who <laughs> spoiler alert is coming up on this list. <laughs> yeah, neither one of them will win it in that case. I'm not voting for them. All right, they cancel uh, Becky, each other out. Becky, JJ, thoughts. Yeah, pick and roll is going to go crazy next year. Yes! Uh, Sandy Brundello, I think, <laughs> probably had a good pitch for JJ. Like, I know how to coach a dominant big, and you're going to be that dominant big for us. Fair I really, enough. I totally, like I said earlier, I totally understand why JJ wanted out of Connecticut. She wasn't quite treated like the superstar she was there. You know, when you have a superstar on your team and she's having a bad start of the game, you don't bench her. You say, you know, you can pick it up and you let her pick it up. And so I'm excited to see her in a different system on a different team. She's going to be great next year. Yeah. No doubts. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really, really happy, happy from the Liberty side of this deal, just because having somebody like JJ in a big, you know, getting a big stage in Barclays and, and all of that is good for her. I'm happy. All right. Moving up. Number three, if you're, if you're, Coming into this now, you're, you may be surprised with these rankings that they're doing it. We have our reasons, so just sit tight. The The top three all finished with one point. Number three was 56 points. Number two was 57. Number one was 58. I think we're all fairly confident in calling these the, the best three bigs in the game, so don't fret too much about the order. 2022 MVP Asia Wilson is finishing third in our top 20 bigs. I don't think we need to go into Asia's, her her resume here. She was the 2022 MVP. She was the 2020 MVP. The last year was probably a career year, all told. 
she had the best team she's ever had surrounding her. She probably played the best defense of her career. It just uh, and in the playoffs, she hit another level. Played crazy minutes. Was just must have been in like super duper impressive shape because that was that was kind of if you had a little knock against AJ Asia. Sorry, beyond three point shooting, lack of three point shooting, which she also decided to take more threes under under everybody shoot policy by Becky Hammond, there was that. She she shot more threes and made herself a much, a much more of an offensive threat. And then on top of that, her conditioning went through the roof because she was able to play big, huge minutes in the playoffs. And I think overall was our playoff MVP alongside, you know, you could make the argument for Chelsea Gray, but just on, but when you consider both ends of the floor, I think Asia was it just, yeah, obviously a candidate for best player in the game. I think all three of these players can make an argument in, in that regard. Asia Wilson, what can't she do? And then on top of that, she's just an amazing personality who should probably be the face of the league if she isn't already. Phenomenal. What do we have to say about Asia? I guess we're going to just talk about the, these three all in relation to each other. And I understand why we, you know, you guys went number one where you went number one. I had Asia at number two, personally. Becky had her at number three. MJ you had her at number two. It's just a question of which of these three is, is do we do we think, have strengths over the other two? And maybe we should just kind of just them as a group, but if, let's just say some nice words. MJ, I know you love Asia, so I'll start with you. I was going to say, you forgot that she won the gold medal, too. Won the gold medal. <laughs> just add that on to her list of accolades this year. Yep. I think she That's cleaned true. the table, but in relation, in MVP, relation, defensive in relation, player of the year. I would say she's, well, no, I can't say that. Not with Brittany back now. I guess Asia is more of the, she's, she's balanced offensively and defensively, but mm -hmm. she can kind of facilitate a little bit better than Brittany, but she can't yep. score better than Brianna or we maybe she can, but we just don't see her, you know, she, I, I doubt, I don't think she can because Brianna could just come pull up from three like Larry Bird and just, you know, but that's, that's what I would see in relation to one another. Like, but Brittany Griner is like a juggernaut. Yeah. If you could argue, I think you could argue that Brittany and Brianna are better Offensive overall offensive players. Yeah. Cause Brittany, and, you can't stop her. Yeah. Brittany, Brittany also does make nice passes out of the post, but I think, I think Asia has kind of turned herself into a better facilitator. She's, yeah. she's her reactions now are, are really top notch when she gets the ball. And Brittany's just like, if you let her get to the elbow. Yeah. That's like a score basically. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> so yeah. How did, what, what, what order did I put them in? You had a yeah, I put Brittany, Asia. Asia, Brianna. And I put Asia second because of defense. Yep. yep, yep. So, I mean, Asia's better at defense. Brianna's better at offense. They can they can share one and or they can share two and three. But Brittany Griner's <laughs> just number one. <laughs> no, serious. No, fair. All right. I guess we will just kind of discuss these as a group. So the top three, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list the number two and number one, but we had we had Brittany and Brianna as as our top through Asia as our number three, and it was just kind of we had them all in different orders, but this is that's that's kind of how it shook out with Asia as number three. So let's let's compare Becky. Yeah, I was gonna say had you you had Brittany. Was it mostly a feels thing with Brittany, or do you really think that she is is the gonna have the have the best season? In 2023. I mean, Brittany, I really just did not want to start analyzing how Fair. I think her game is going to be affected. <laughs> I just didn't want to get into that. She's mm -hmm. by far the player most excited to watch next year. Yep. 
her 2021 season was absolutely dominant, getting even better at that point in her career. And she's one of those players where like, you have to, you have to have a plan for Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. Like she might, you might get her to have kind of a low game, but it's because you've had to have an entire defensive scheme around what do we deal with? Brittany? How do we deal with Brittany Griner? So if, if one of those they, players that has so much magnetism towards what she's doing. If um, you voted for MVP in 2021 based on regular and postseason, I think Brittany Griner would have won. Won the regular season MVP. I deserved it for the regular season. But I think when you consider the playoffs as well, Brittany Griner was the best player in the playoffs. Yeah, she yeah. was. She was really, really incredible. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a feels pick here and we're really right as we said with this top three we're really just trying to like find little ways to decide who's who's better or worse and i just decided i didn't want to do that for Brittany minor and i just want to say she's my number one yeah 100 it doesn't matter where we rank them we're happy to have bg back, yeah period they're all yeah and they're the top three and i think that's that's mm-hmm. we all agreed on that i put brianna stewart over asia wilson i think because Brianna Stewart's one of those players. I think she's just the number one player in the league in terms of the game is on the line. It's the fourth quarter who can just absolutely take over the entire game. I would want the ball in, in Brianna Stewart's hands, but uh, I don't know. They're both, they're both so good. I, uh, I think they, they will likely, we've already had two different years where it was Stewie or Asia for mm-hmm. MVP. It was like both of them had great arguments for it. And I imagine that that's going to happen for many years to come that we're just going to be talking about yep. is it Stewie or is it Asia this year? I always am surprised that Stewie has one MVP. I just figured she had more just because she'd been that level, but I imagine it might be some. Yeah. She's only one. She could have won in 2020 very, very easily. I think missing the last two games was what did it in for her. Yeah, she could have won in 2020. She was the number two in 2022. She's mm-hmm. never really had a truly off year. She's always been good. And Asia's younger than the other people we're talking about on this list. Mm-hmm. Like her career in the WNBA is really short. And she already has two MVPs, a rookie of the year, and a championship. Yep. Yep. Uh, and she's there's she's been improving every year. So, oh my goodness. You know, right. she's going to be, and like you said, she should be the face of the league. For years to come she has the personality for it she has the game for it she's just everything you want in a superstar in this league that's who asia wilson is yeah but yeah even as an aces fan i had i had brianna stewart number one on my list ahead of asia and number two i think of these two just leaving Brittany aside for just a second as happy as anybody to have her in i i do think that these two players are the best two players in the they and but Brianna is a little, I shouldn't say even a little, I think she's a lot more of an offensive threat. And last season, she was really for the first time relied on to absorb a lot of scoring because the the team just wasn't as good offensively. She had to take more. Jill Lloyd struggled, just things weren't working out offensively. And she had really had to take a lot of it on herself. And she was phenomenal. She just, her, her, her scoring went to another level. She is the tops in, in points per 75. On top of that, she makes her teammates so much better with her ability to space, her ability to draw so much attention. She, she adds floor spacing. She adds passing. Just, just really good nonstop motor, takes advantage, gets down, gets down court for easy buckets. Just 
yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal player. When we look back, we saw these Maya Moore accolades. Brianna Stewart's college career is absolutely ridiculous if you don't know about it. Is it four championships in four years and and they had like one or two losses over that time? Some something stupid and ridiculous. She has a claim to being the the best women's college player of all time in her four years. And if we're again, if we did the the combine the playoffs and and regular season 2020 was Brianna's year as well. As much as as much as I love Asia, Brianna was much better in the playoffs and and when you factor that in, I don't think she was that far behind her in the regular season either. Just a tremendous offensive player. I think that that Asia Wilson I think has the has one big thing on defense and Brianna's a, a f- fabulous defensive player as well. Asia is just a a better rim protector, shot blocker type and I and that is hugely important still in the WNBA. I will briefly just talk about Brittany Griner now. I had I was the only one who decided to be even remotely analytical about it. Just missing uh, I, I'm not assuming any fall off. I'm not even considering how she's going to come back. I, I assume Brittany Griner is just going to be Br- Brittany Griner and she's going to be fabulous. I'm just going over again the the way that she she was when she was around is is the only the weakness that had for her is not always the best defensive player. But 2021, she she did pour, put more of an effort on that end and and she was phenomenal. She was number two in the MVP voting. I thought that was accurate and correct. And then she was the best player in the playoffs. Just a more one-dimensional player, I think, than Asia and Brianna are, but still just really good. Aside from that, tremendous mid-range shooter, really good passer when she gets it in the post and she's able to find cutters and and so on and so forth. If if her defense, if she's intrigued, you know, interested defensively, she's going to do great. My only quibble here is I worry about her teammates a little more than I worry about Asia or Brianna Stewart, as far as 2023 goes, no Skyler, but she will have D probably being her her pick and roll buddy in that regard. So I, I don't imagine any really serious fall off. But and again, as Becky says, you, we don't even it doesn't really matter this this analysis. We're happy to have her back. It's great. Looking forward to seeing her. Looking forward to giving her a standing O her first game in Las Vegas. All right. And MJ, I just want to talk about the differences between these three players. I did. You want more? You want oh, okay. some more? All right. Uh, you, you have a, do you want more? No, I mean, what, what was my, my spiel? My spiel was Brianna's the, the score, Aja's the facilitator, and, mm-hmm. and Brittany's just a juggernaut. Yeah, she's yeah, the unstoppable force. Because the last time I remember seeing her play, she just they you just couldn't do nothing with her. Like yeah. you really couldn't. Like she might come off a, a pick and pop and then she gets the ball and then she just shoots it right over you. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> you have to live with it and hope she misses. And then you have to run super fast up the court just to beat her down there. So she's not a problem on defense. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, the only thing she's like, what, 34 now? I think. No, she's younger than that. She's yeah. She's much younger than that. She's, oh. she's, I'm looking it up right now. She's probably like 30 flat, and I don't need to just show uh, up. She's, no, she's like. just uh, 32. Oh, 30. Okay. Uh, 32 that's still... in October. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she should be. I'm, I, I feel like Becky with that. Like, I don't want to like kind of guesstimate what she's going to be coming into the mm-hmm. season, but she'll be Brittany. She's going to be. Yeah. You don't lose your shooter's touch. So that'll be there. And I mean, she's so lengthy. It's like, yeah, she's going to be a problem on defense. Like she'll be solid. She'll be a, a difference maker for sure. And, and stability for Phoenix. Cause they need it. 
real bad. Yeah, I think that's why the team went off the rails. Yeah, it would be can- nice if they if they you know were able to to like do a little something and put a a good team behind her in in her season back. Yeah, and then so let me let me switch over to Brianna. So you you want to have some fun now? Go for it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Brianna, well, Becky, you're not gonna be mad at me, are you? As long as I'm not messing with. What are you Slute, gonna say? <laughs> as long as, as, long as I gotta leave Slute out of this. Oh no! What is the way? How did? It, oh no! He's gonna start sleep? talking about New York. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. All right. Let's, all right. This is a good thing to close to out on. Since it's right, going she, to happen. Yeah. Do, I, did you translate the emojis? Were you able to figure out what she was? No, I just think <laughs> I, I've never heard this much. No, it's, it. It has me excited. I haven't been excited about a trade season and like free agency in the WNBA in I don't know how long. Like maybe here and there like when candace was a free agent and you know what i'm saying like very minimal because a lot of the best players don't really leave like maya moore never left lisa leslie never left mm-hmm. it's a very select few and they're the greats they never really go anywhere and then you know like my team got dissolved and moved to tulsa and then moved to dallas but at the same time they still identify with those with that history so they didn't really jump around like that. Like maybe I think did Schwinn play for the Storm too at one point. Schwinn, Schwinn Cash. Yeah, for, she, she moved around quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, she did, but like she she still won here. But mm-hmm. long story short, it's not usually excitement around the women's game for off season things like this. And then we haven't even seen what's going to happen with athletes unlimited because it's like okay, so then we have to see what women are going to step up during that mm-hmm. time too. And who's going to fill in the gaps for role players or people that's trying to have a or that are going through a redemption story or whatnot. So it's just exciting because it's a lot of basketball to be sorted out and the draft. And <laughs> it's man, because we're probably not done trading either. I'm sure it's going to be trades on draft night. I'm sure it's going to be stuff settled after draft night. But I say all of that to say this because I'm getting off topic. Brianna Stewart is more than likely going to oh be. I think somebody also. Hinted. All right, do we we know what next week's pod is about, right? Do we really want to do this now? That's what it's about. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, no, because I'm about this. I was gonna say it all. <laughs> no, save it, save it, save it for next Becky week. Becky can cut me out. Then you so, can cut me out. That's next a little week. teaser for next week. Little teaser for How next week. How is MJ gonna end that sentence? Oh, I'll get that. Yeah, because that was about to get real. <laughs> We're not getting real. We're getting real next week. Next Sorry, week, no, it's not MJ gets real. Going up three more notches. Like, wait, what? What is he saying? <laughs> I got a right. week to say that. All right, so there, here we go. We finish it up. Asia Wilson finished third, fifty-six points. Brianna Stewart second, fifty-seven. Brittany Griner first, fifty-eighth. Welcome back, BG. We're we love you. We missed you. Happy to have you home. And that has been it for the top 20 bigs. Just to recap, number one, Brittany Griner. Number two, Brianna Stewart. Number three, Asia Wilson. Four, Jonquil Jones. Five, Candace Parker. Six, Elena Deladon. Seventh, Nafisa Collier. Eighth, Neka Agumike. Ninth, Emma Miesman. Tenth, Alyssa Thomas. Eleventh, Brianna Jones. Twelfth, Ezzie Magbagor. Thirteenth, Natasha Howard. Fourteenth, Melissa Smith. Fifteenth, Shakira Austin. Sixteenth, Azure Stevens. Sixteenth, Cheyenne Parker. Seventeenth. Wait, I, I was off. 17th, Shine Parker. 18th, Tierra McCowan. 19th, Satu Sabali. And 20th, Aliyah Boston. Yeah, that's been it. I think this is a pretty darn good list. So uh, you can tell us whether you agree or disagree or, or you know, 
we're stupid, let us know. In the meantime, do we have any anybody have any final thoughts on anything that they want to talk about? Going once, going no, twice. I'm glad Ray, you stopped me. review <laughs> and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, that's right. Please, now that it's our own feed, you that it's we our, can it's really ours. know you love us rather than someone else. Friend of the pod, Kayla Dos Santos, oh, Kayla. Is, has has an article up as as the Connecticut fan and and reporter for the lead on the the Jonquil Jones trade and what it means. She's always great. Go ahead and check that out. Yes. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, the, I will mention. That. Make sure you go to the right site too. It's it's theleadsm.com. There you and go. Look and look for that article, yep. and and follow her too, Kayla Dos yes. Santos yes. on Twitter. She's awesome, and we can't wait to have her back on again. Yeah, that's been it. This has been the sixth podcast of the year. Next season, we're gonna talk a bit about free agency. It's it'll be kind of a surprise topic, but it, I think you'll f- find it a lot of fun. Can't wait to delve into that. And that's it for RoboCoco and MJ Tolliver. I'm Snap Wilson, and I hope you guys have a great week. And I hope your team gets all the very nicest free agents that you could possibly ever want. Peace out. (laughs) Peace out. Goodbye. All right.